Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you It's June 15th, 2023 Episode 63 I was, uh this is one of the most debated internally shows to do because the subject is um, my 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 now very much love hate relationship with uh, with the crypto currency blockchain market not so much community but the state of affairs, uh, I, I've I've been going through several several stages of of internal reckoning, and and I've come to a pretty decisive place that uh, actually has um, some major a major impact on the direction of this project. that I'm speaking from right now. And while I had been, yeah, my my posture and my attitude and my positioning, literal and figurative with this, with this industry, it has, uh, it, it's shifted a bit and I wanted to give it some time and wait. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, put all of my, all of my energy into a certain, a certain position that, that could be pivoted based on the news cycle or, or, just me having um, epiphanies or or, or <laughs> just wanted to not even go there, not even bring it up, but because my my reckoning with it has resulted in such a dramatic shift, I feel like it's appropriate and also I'm in a, a state of mind with it where where I'm not worried that I might be representing it in a way that that would be um, promoting it for my own sake in a in a, in, in, in a way that 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 people sometimes call being a shill or having a what they call a bag holder bias. So yeah, everybody uh, 
the, the irony of me having a critique of of people becoming volunteer lobbyists for the status quo by being against masking and restrictions and we'll leave the other countermeasure off the table uh, f- for the moment but I was just feeling more and more that for me to go off on a rant about how there's regulatory overreach that's killing crypto I just have to look around take a look around and, and ask myself who am I really aligning myself with now be, becoming myself a volunteer lobbyist what are my perverse incentives and is it really how much if if I'm trying not to have blood on my hands from all the things that I'm trying to walk away from and, and have a new ethical stance against and, 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 and feel like uh, I sleep better at night because I participate less and less in things that I disagree with and and yet I would say in the ethical dance of the nuance of greening the blockchain space and greening cryptocurrencies and moving towards more forward thinking and more humanitarian projects and and having my my investment portfolio reflect my ethics and my values and and the trades that I've made actually be continually trading out of the 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 less ethical cryptocurrencies for what I found what I have found to be the more ethical cryptocurrencies and that that pattern has been preserved and I feel good about that and I've been vocal about that more so in the past and in past projects and this project I've mentioned it briefly here and there but it's worth noting that it was these this ethical maneuvering and this ethical trading that established me where I am, doing what I'm doing, where I'm at now, living off-grid, off-road, off-road, having a bit of a, a growing bonsai permaculture food forest oasis in the desert and doing it in such a way where I didn't quote-unquote dump on retail the way that VC firms would dump on retail as soon as they're legal or or handshake basis lockup period expired. In other words, for people who are not steeped in this kind of Silicon Valley language, the concept is that the concept is basically called the greater fool theory, if you will. The idea that it's not necessarily a Ponzi scheme but it is more like an MLM or more like a pyramid and you could say that about any stock you could say that about the US dollar any fiat currency it only it only perpetuates itself so long as there's new money coming into it in a population pyramid it, it only doesn't collapse if there's if people are reproducing at a at a steady, if not increasing, rate 
Otherwise, you end up with a geriocracy and a population in decline because there's not enough young people to sustain the marketplace and to sustain the workforce. And then as people age and retire, they become a burden on the financial system. They become a burden on the infrastructure, and yet they're less productive. And now they're cashing in on all their benefits, and you have a, a very unstable demographic and de unstable economy. So I say that because now the more I learn about how these macroeconomic cycles work, the more I realize that uh, it's all just fractals of unsustainable math and unsustainable rug-pulling pull, rug sort of um, uh, exploitation of the of the the hyper technically mathematically intelligent and somewhat sociopathic just always having an edge and an advantage over the average IQ heart of gold working class masses that maybe maybe there's some goodwill hunting material out there working class Joe Sixpacks in disguise who are actual mathematician geniuses and whatnot who could game the stock market and become a fintech bro and take us all for a ride and take all of our swindle us all in a Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme or something maybe there's a few out there but I think what I've realized more than ever is just that there we're all is that most of us are just being puppeteered by people who count on the fact that most of us will never be able to intellectually comprehend what's what's happening behind that Wizard of Oz curtain or whatever most of us won't be able to comprehend it and those that possibly could will just probably never get off the hamster wheel or get out of the rat race for enough time or it just wasn't their calling even if they had the capacity for it maybe they did something more in the liberal arts and they weren't so interested in going to business school or whatever and now now that i'm i'm backfilling and catching up on a lot of things that i had that i had no interest in no interest in uh, no interest in <laughs> uh obviously in in college what is math and computer science data science algorithms math for computer programming um, business markets financial markets financial theory game theory i'm cryptography i'm i'm going back and studying all these things now because i owe my micro fortune to the to to the the better an, the the better angels of the nature of those cryptographers the cypherpunks the crypto anarchists who were the Robin Hood fintech bros, but not I I the, the <laughs> very careful. Let me rephrase that: the champions of the working class. And I'll just rephrase it as that. Please strike the previous comment. Uh, not trying to prop up or not prop up any any of the players in the in the space right now. I'm just trying to explore this moment that we're in and how I'm 
how I am tactically approaching it and strategically approaching it for the survival of my permaculture project, which today I had to rip out two of the three trees that I planted because the level of austerity that I'm in and this bear market has literally caused massive a fractal of the drying of the water flows into the southwest and I've had to reduce the footprint of my already miniaturized food forest down to the last survivors and and as the as the seasons change and this is it's very sad and I have the I have death and sacrifice on my hands horticulturally speaking as a result of this harsh bear market uh, instigated by the the demons of of the nature of the crypt of the tech bro crypto bros and so yeah it's very confusing and very love hate because whereas I have been liberated by those uh, pure hearted humanitarian and even ecologically minded blockchain entrepreneurs the tech bros with with hearts of gold that that liberated me they gave me the freedom from the work week the freedom from the city to buy my own land and to do permaculture off-grid and off-road and and yet to have a lot of time because of the extreme temperature in the desert to be laid up and just be forced to do nothing else really other than study and because I can't really move other than to rotate bed sores potential bed sores and and try to keep <laughs> try to contort myself so that there aren't sections of my skin that are overlapping so that the moisture builds up and then leads to rotting of the flesh in these in these temperatures and just trying to barely maintain a sub hypothermic or hyper hyperthermic rather uh staying in staying in a in a in a heat exhaustion range and avoiding a uh a heat stroke status is 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 what i've done during the summer months where i've done a lot of catching up on the technology stuff i'm about to enter that again it's just starting to really phase in and and it is uh it's harsh so i'm one of those crypto hodlers who got stuck in between in between being a billionaire and being being at a at a at a life-changing net worth that was able to allow me to buy a very humble piece of land not be not have any not have the means to build on it but at least have the means to to have a very a very um, robust used full-size truck and then and then enough of a budget I, i've said it before there there were times when i would when i was at the at the height of the 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 bull market where it was just shopping sprees upon shopping sprees but very 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 well designed so that i could pack 
truckloads and load up with the infrastructure that I would need, knowing that the market would crash at any time and it would probably crash sooner rather than later. And I better have the tools, the equipment, the supplies. So basically being versus the, the, the ant versus the grasshopper, if, if the tech, if the crypto bros talking about moon Lambo, meaning the prices are going to skyrocket to the moon and that's going to give them the money to buy Lambos that they won't be able to afford to do the maintenance on. And if they didn't buy it outright, they're going to have to get it repoed because they were the, they were the, the grasshoppers who died in the, in the crypto winter. And I was the ant who said in times of plenty, you do the work to store that away so that you can survive when they're when in an austere manner and that was my training for modern survivalism and i now in the position that i'm in uh still healthy and, and relatively happy but basically just looking around at a very humble existence and going damn i the crypto market cycles because i surfed them well since i got in in early 2017 and i made the best out of two bubbles for myself and life has only gotten better and i imagine that if i continue and ride the patterns it will only continue to get better but that's really only because i'm adapted to extreme extreme poverty and extreme I'm, I'm adapted to flourish in extreme poverty and a lot of people say that about going to the third world well the people are so happy and, and mentally healthy because their basic needs are met and really they have enough free time to celebrate life and celebrate each other and have traditions and have have uh, rich culture around their their culinary life and their their spiritual life and dance and music and song even if they're playing pat, pots and pans they're alive and they're not letting a lack of modernization get in the way of a good time and a good life and in fact it usually ends up being the opposite They'll, they would become neurotic and they would become conniving and they would be backstabbing and they would be there's this parable about the fisher the uh, the humble the humble, uh, I think it's maybe a beach in Mexico is the, is the setting or a beach in South America where the entrepreneur comes up to the, to, the, to the humble fisherman on the beach and tries to pitch them some kind of shark tank scheme about how they could, how they could lever up and, and, and take out loans and get a boat and maximize their yield and go into debt to work more and they could just moon, moonlight and work harder and hire people and at the end there's several iterations of it and it arrives back to the to the entrepreneur finally saying could you imagine that after 20 years of ratcheting up and leveraging up this business you'd have the freedom to be able to sit back and just enjoy your leisure time and fish with a fishing pole and feed your family and hang out with your your wife and kids and he's like that's what i'm doing now <laughs> i know i'm skipping a few parts but that's the punchline is is that uh 
the freedom that you will eventually get, no matter how much of a miser you you become, you'll probably you'll probably become so toxic to yourself and others that there will be no authentic life left to live, and you will have lost the plot. And if you don't lose your fortune to lawsuits or 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 your therapist or your the market turning against you whatever it might be you will have not lived life and you have only spent all that time driving yourself crazy and other people crazy and raping the earth and that's the point of that story and it's it was it's if you find it wherever it is it's it's put it it's put in a far more elegant manner in a far more gripping and 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 moving elegant manner than than how i delivered it but that's the basic point to where i'm at of appreciating that i was able to purchase freedom even if it's a fourth world freedom because i really wouldn't have it any other way and i've said this before too how kurt cobain before his tragic untimely death said that getting rich was actually and I'm paraphrasing but basically a curse because it was no longer fun to go to the thrift store where you knew you could only afford to buy one thing so whatever you bought you better really fall in love with it and you have it would go through a process of of hunting it down and 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 a process of elimination so that you would really embrace it and appreciate it. And I feel like that's one of the most poignant things that I want to keep with me no matter no matter what tax bracket I find myself in. At this point, I was able to move through that bear market cycle like a warrior knowing that it was an illusion and that I don't I in order to be faithful to my ethics I don't want to try to time the top and sell the majority of my holdings when the price is going parabolic even though that is the most self-interested rational thing to do to me I didn't want to do that for a few reasons one of them being that you can't time the, the top and you will be, and I have been, it's not investment advice, it's just an emotional after-action report of me validating the truism that the, the forces in your mind that will convince you to not do the rational thing are the voices of greed that say if you just had a 10x, a 100x net worth increase because of a bubble and you happen to have been smart enough and lucky enough to have a holding, a position of an asset to where now if you were to all sell it 
it's probably not going to move the market because there's enough liquidity, there's enough quote-unquote dumb money coming in and, and, and that everything is a pyramid scheme sentiment I shared earlier. That greater fool theory is that it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you're not the greatest fool. Just like they say, you don't have to be the fastest person in your group. You just have to be faster than somebody so that if a bear chases all of you, they get the slower person and not you. And that is a, that is a, a very down-to-earth permaculture kind of naturalistic way of breaking down the essence of that greater fool theory and the sentiment that well or or even um uh, musical chairs is another one that's used often and what they said the banksters and the high frequency traders the the real to to use the f-bomb here the fuckerizers of the 2008 financial crisis they would say things like when the music is playing you have to dance or you could translate to to if you're playing a game of musical chairs when the music is playing you have to get up and walk around the chairs and play the game knowing that somebody's going to lose and you're just going to hope that your bots and your insider ill-gotten knowledge or whatever it is your edge your 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 circle within a circle is going to give you the the memo so that you get one of those chairs before they all get before you become the one who's asked out as it were and uh and it's all based on yeah as long as you're not the greatest fool and a greater fool comes along after you you're allow you're able to make take your profits from being the being the lesser not the greater fool as long as you're, as long as you are not being dumped on by the last. I mean, everybody's a fool. It's just a matter of you are. Are you the lesser or the greater? And the way that it looks on the charts, looking at the charts, these are all things I've had to learn. And and to me, it was always sickening when I when I basically when I first discovered that what this is all about is a zero sum game where if you make money someone else is losing money that a winning trade your winning trade is someone else's losing trade and you just want to hope that they're professional traders that aren't betting the farm on their trade and it's not their life savings and that they're not someone who is dumb money coming in as the greater fool who doesn't know how this system works and doesn't know that everything is designed like gambling in vegas all the slot machines all of the tables all of the arrangement everything is scientifically designed to trick you into a state of suspended disbelief where you just fork everything over and lose your mind and i've i've been there i've seen it i see the people who are zombified being catered to and it is as close to the matrix battery machine landscape as as you as you might get it's one of those sites it's 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 really depressing demoralizing and uh 
that's the stock markets. It's all gambling. And this, the, the, the funny thing is, or the, 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 the tragic irony is that, and yet, as I studied this and got further into understanding it, it was the compelling arguments, I think, in the documentary called The Pit, if I remember correctly, where they said, you might, you might think this is all gambling or they were trying to, I mean, I'm, I got I to gotta stitch this argument together, so I may be paraphrasing a bit, but, but their sentiment was that for, basically for those who are, who would be disparaging of how gambly this, this financial ecosystem appears to be, just remember that if it weren't for us setting the prices of in options trading, the, the prices of futures for commodities, for example, if we weren't speculating on this and swapping contracts back, back and forth all day, every day, you wouldn't have a stable price because there would be no price discovery. There would be no... you. <laughs> everything would be like you see the changing price of the gas pump, but worse. And... People can't handle that, and people don't appreciate that it is because of these traders, and yes, to some degree, high-frequency and algo-bot traders even to this day uh, that are constantly in this tug-of-war with each other, with the earth, with the regulators, and and the real puppeteers are the highest-level math geniuses who can actually game it all and design it all and that's way beyond me I'm just trying to scratch the surface for myself now that I have no excuse not to to have a some understanding of just how manipulated everything is and how manipulated all of us are and how few people within the 1% of the 1% of the 1% actually can can read the math formulas that that are that are running all of this financial matrix <laughs> infrastructure. So yes, I'm I'm cynical, but also I have to acknowledge that there is some logic and rhyme and reason to it, and that there are as much as some with some of the regulators can seem to be like grandstanding buffoons in congressional hearings. There are a number of them that I, I'm learning to respect that are capable and competent and skilled and and actually as intelligent and as highly trained as as even the most um, savvy of, of the traders and the, the technologists and whatnot. Where that leaves everything now for me and bringing this into focus for why this is relevant, why I'm actually spending the time with this now after I had kind of felt like I was going to not do this, is that I had a dream. That was the epiphany. That was the insight. I had a dream and I'm not going to go into details because I don't want anyone to think that I have any kind of market timing Nostradamus dream life kind of a, anything but it was just hopefully 
something uh, coming from my spirit guides or whatever, but a dream where the where it was eerily eerily fitting for the market events of the following morning, the following day, and I uh, I will say that um, that I kind of brushed it off in the morning, but then but then the dream came back to me later in the day as I was looking, trying to clean up my portfolio and look at some staggered limit orders that I had on the books and whatnot, kind of expecting a a recovery from recent recent uh, regulatory black swan events that have happened, uh, to put it mildly, to put it gracefully. Uh, but I was bullish still. And, and I had orders on the books reflecting that. And then after that dream, and after looking at my trees are dying, my fish are, I, I need, I need to, uh, I need to not be, um, concerned about water restriction, uh, within my micro ecosystem in this, in the sense that, that I need to, uh, do my own soul searching to make sure I am spoiling all of the life that I care for with the nutrients and the hydration that it deserves because I'm a gardener and they should, like a lot of people would treat their pets, they're going to eat better and get better medical care and drink better and live more comfortably than their so-called owners because that's what you sign up for and that's what love is all about so for me I want to be an operating from that level of abundance ecologically speaking and not be thinking oh I can I can um, just push the edges of tolerability that's okay for me to do to myself, but something got into me very deeply when after saying to myself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of spoiling these trees, but I'm also consolidating them and transplanting them. And, and the, the walls are closing in in terms of the water supply that I have just not a good place to be in and asking too much of things to where they they give up the ghost and that's my wake up call and and that was deeply unsettling and they were only about a year and a half old barely barely bigger than a a, a 5 gallon pot which isn't even actually five gallons, but they had been struggling and they did, they were starting to bud out. And I was, to me, it was, I, there was no reason for me to assume that they were not happy and that they were dying. I checked them regularly and I watered them regularly, but 
now that two out of those three are gone, I have to ask myself, what did I do wrong? And it is that out of a sense of of, of excessive frugality, I didn't. I thought I was spoiling them, but I I could have and should have spoiled them more. And that's. It's upsetting and and, and heartbreaking, and makes me want to get out of this market timing mentality, and just say, no more. No more being jerked around by regulators and speculators and Ponzi schemers and just being on this, in this state of suspense where it was thrilling for a while, but now it's just nauseating and incessant, this sort of waiting on every bit of news and piping in all of this analysis and sentiment and just, no, Part of me says what Peter Zion said about crypto when asked in a a brief interview saying crypto has grown up in a macro cycle bubble of the tech sector. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but this is filling in a little bit of context, but that's basically it. And now, because that bubble is collapsing because of a lot of factors, including the pandemic and supply chain issues caused by the pandemic and obviously the war in Ukraine and what he calls deglobalization, which I think is totally apt. And I'm just uh, very much um, thrilled to have to be piping in his content now. But he's somebody who I now respect very highly who is not a Kool-Aid drinking pro or anti-crypto person, just I would say one of those outsiders to it who is who is qualified to be very objective and also very scathing. And he says it's time for it to stand on its two feet or stand on its own. And I and and I, I don't know exactly the I'm not going to try to quote exactly the words he said after that, but I, I do remember those words. And then he was, yeah, very his his body language and his sentiment was very much. If I had to if I had to put it into words, I would say, yeah, good luck, but don't hold your breath. And uh, and I you know I I always love to hear what people like. Patrick Gray and Adam Boileau of the of the Risky Business podcast the way they joke about it and deride it the way Leo Laporte and Steve Gibson joke about it a little more with a little more compassion to themselves and to others but but uh, everybody has got a a take some of them are really sneering, snarky, hot takes. Some of them are, are more reserved. But at this point, whether you're whether you're Elon Musk or Steve Gibson or Satoshi Nakamoto, for all I care, everybody has everybody has to wonder how how much at this state of the game this is a different 
rodeo now. <laughs> so it's everybody's first rodeo. No one can say this is not their first rodeo because this is the first crypto bear market where the macroeconomic conditions are as apocalyptic as they were in 2008 and in fact in many ways much more even even if in if in different ways because of the geopolitics um, so on balance all things considered if this was the opportunity for crypto to rise to the occasion and prove all of the naysayers wrong and all the skeptics wrong and actually prove that it could be a safe haven asset. Unfortunately, the opposite has been what has been proven out, which is that the criminals, the grifters, those profiteering on the greater fool, now they're winning that are, are they prevailed over over the over those such as myself who would who who would like to to play in the fantasy world that it's actually the the most powerful weapon that that Neo and the Matrix could have learned when Tank was piping in all of the kung fu to him was that he was at least as if not more excited about his his cryptography training discs as he as he was about his kung fu training discs however because he was already a hacker he probably maybe he maybe maybe neo was satoshi but <laughs> i digress point being now also with ai and something that uh Hasib said from the from from the uh, uh, Unchained slash Chopping Block podcast that I do thoroughly enjoy and probably will still hang on to. He said, uh, paraphrasing basically, that uh, two years ago people were tech tech entrepreneurs, startups, etc., asking him, should I be pivoting into crypto? And now those same people are saying, should I be pivoting into AI? So the new shiny thing in Silicon Valley, no pun intended, literally is no longer crypto, which now pales in comparison to AI as a as as the new greater fool bubble to chase. And when you think about the mind-numbing stupidity of what caused the bubble of crypto compared to the stimulating and, and, and engaging and exciting and just uh, limitless actual potential of what AI is already doing and delivering on and not just giving you empty white papers and and uh, fraudulent public offerings of unregistered securities. I, I, I have to... Now, it really... It's really hard to defend crypto and it's really hard to defend the... the shadiness... And, and 
and really put the shadiness, try to do what, what a lot of us more virtuous or virtue signaling crypto folk have, always, have tried to do is just try to say, oh, those are rotten apples. Don't, don't let them spoil the bunch. Yeah, of course. And there was all these go-to talking points, sound bites. Every new technology is first adopted by the criminals because they're the ones who need it the most. They're the ones who aren't served by the legacy incumbent systems. So they have to be the pioneers of it. They have to go into that dark, unknown territory and explore it. And then it's and then we bootstrap the real mass adoption based on them having been the the early adopters. Yeah, okay, yeah, it sounds okay, Silk Road and everything. And yeah, there's been a lot more real world use case traction of crypto since the Silk World Silk Road has gone down. But then you hear about North Korea's missile program and hacked crypto and it's just getting harder and harder like I said to defend it and the bad apples are rotting and stinking more and more to where I'm having a reckoning of saying I don't I don't I mean I it's so ironic too because I just built out a Haskell programming language IDE virtual machine stack for myself to say I owe it to my beloved blockchain that gave me the freedom that I have that gave me the funding that I have and I didn't dump it all on dumb money in the hype bubble I drip irrigated myself so that I could not sell it all off at once and maybe suffer a bit because of it but basically be my do my part to have a to to be a long-term investor who doesn't rock the boat by dumping on retail so that people have a bad experience i want to have a non-zero sum game i want a i want the rising tide to float all boats and lift all ships therefore i'm going to sell moderate amounts no more than I need to to bootstrap my own ecology so that I can then reskill myself and give back to the ecosystem and continue to have less financial pressure to sell large amounts. Therefore, sponging up the supply, being holding long term and creating a healthy, stable, the way that... Uh, precious metals find and and, and all, all commodities sort of find that equilibrium tighten that drum head by keeping it by being resilient and having your own strong hands whatever you want to call it there's all kinds of mind hacks to survive this but the simplest way that i heard it put was trading around a core position to me that was the most tactical thing that was the commando Hodler of, la hodler, hodler of last resort war against the future self commando concept that was the sort of the the indoctrination from a military commander that i needed to hear was trade around a core position like break contact an abort mission if you are spotted by the enemy in your 
recon excursion behind enemy lines have that strategy and, and those tactics already planned out in advance do the tabletops and know how what you're going to do when you're going to do it program that as much as you can into whatever trading platform you might be using but basically don't get captured don't get tortured don't become a prisoner of this of this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's a war because it's a disservice to to prisoners of war i know people get in trouble for that and i don't want to speak lightly of that but a lot of people take liberties with the term war for whatever they want to apply it to whatever they want so i'm just going to take a moment to acknowledge the truth of that being a crime against the against the honor of those who have suffered in on the battlefield to just say that everything trivial is a battlefield but tactics and strategy are constant across all conflicts maybe that's a more permaculture way to put it like like jeff lawton says we designed to content constants like r water moves at right angle to contour and therefore f to add to that form follows function and that's why we build swales so that we can slow sink and spread the most water that that, acu that it can accumulate on a property before it inevitably runs off hopefully we've 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 put it in an engineering sense to do as much duty as it as, as we can have it do before it is beyond our reach that goes for sunlight that goes for water that goes for nutrients from compost minerals phytonutrients etc that's the name of the game in permaculture so the idea is to not have the enemy eat your lunch in a in a in a, in a day trade or in a in a long-term trade whatever it might be I wanted to play as fair as I possibly could, and I have been, and I have been. Whereas I averaged in, dollar cost averaged in, I've been averaging out, just trying to not sell more than I need to sell so that I'm not engaging in, uh, well, that's another, another statement to live by, big trades kill. <laughs> and again, not literally, but trading around a core position big trades kill what does that tell you average in average out scale in scale out just don't time the market don't those are all things that i have that have been ingrained in me and i'm saying them to myself more than anything else but there is as, as much as i don't want to have the counterparty eat my lunch in a trade because they're more intelligent or sophisticated or faster or richer than i am or whatever and I'm entering an arena where they are the real gladiator and I'm just the feeble the feeble Christian being thrown to the lions or whatever uh, the, the 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 asymmetrical tactical disadvantage that I have not coming from that fintech background but having a bit of luck it would have it would have been hard for a lot of people to have anything but luck during certain stages of these bubble cycles but there are some people who are fair weather traders fair weather speculators and they 
they walk away after they get burned. And there's people like me who go, I want to know the difference between a limit order, a market order, a stop loss. And now that I finally discovered, thanks to the Money Tree Investing podcast, this concept of a trailing stop loss, which has yet doesn't seem to appear to be an option on a lot of the crypto trading platforms, but does seem to be a more a more uh, standard option for advanced trading on on traditional finance platforms uh, pre crypto. That's what I realized I should have known about the trailing stop loss. And without, I'm not going to uh, beat myself up for the rest of my life that I didn't know what that was and therefore live by it because I will be living a lot better than I am now if I was aware of that. But But at least I am aware of it now. And because I... I don't let myself get killed by big trades and I try to keep trades small. And I'm in it for the long term. And I've been trading around a core position. Leaving a minimum majority percentage of value at risk untouched. And just adapting to and and adapting my lifestyle to 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 my trust fund of 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 these smaller trades if you will so i just don't like it now having getting to a point where i mean i've pushed myself to limits that i did not think were possible and i'm actually building muscle and building stamina and yeah the this environment is wearing on me and i'm my age is wearing on me but all things considered i'm i'm embracing this this uh putting myself through through more nutrient density growing food and less smaller portions and whatnot but you know being mindful about my hydration and my electrolytes and everything but i'm not trying to i'm not trying to uh be a a hodling corpse <laughs> but i'm also not trying to spend the little nest egg that i have all at once and go party every night and get covid five times and do a lot of fine fine dining and entertaining and romancing of and be a playboy i'm trying to do the opposite and just get just hopefully get smarter and a little wiser and a little wiser and figure out how to maintain my survival at a at a at a baseline and just try to be very careful about how far I push that baseline. But I said to myself in my crypto journal as I as I had my big shift over the last couple of days as a lot of black swan regulatory news has come in the last few days and weeks, but acutely over the last couple of days, saying to myself, you know what? If I make a slightly bigger trade and square myself away financially so that barring a catastrophe of logistics or 
a vehicular or medical catastrophe, I'm basically squared away financially. I sold and I took out profits. I took out paper gains and realized them so that I have essentially about two years worth of of overhead paid for at the level that I'm at. Nothing fancy. Everything's got to go right in terms of my health and my hydration and my food supply. But I will be able to I will be able to do what I what I can't allow, I can't ever allow myself to not do again, which is I will I will I will be able to to absurdly spoil whatever I'm taking care of that's my ecosystem, my plantings to where I'm I'm not going to be concerned that they're that they're struggling in the heat and in the in the dryness that uh, that I that I may be willing to, to to suffer through because at least I have ways to indicators of what I need to do to moderate that but it only takes a couple of hours and strong winds for a totally flourishing, happy, healthy, smiling, green, hydrated, great postured. I mean, everything I could say good about a plant for it to just be killed within within a couple of hours of of a higher temperature and a higher wind, and there there wouldn't have been much I could do about that. What I know best to do and what I've been forced to do is to actually scale down to the pure Chinampa modality of really only growing things so that they're being fully sub-irrigated and that they're islands within ponds. And I've done that at bigger scales, which uh, which I've talked about before, uh, I've done that at micro scales, and right now um, it, it, it's not at, it's not at the smallest scale that I've done it, but it is on the on the lower the smaller end. But the idea is, as long as the potted plants are or container plants are are partially submerged so that there's a gradient of moisture getting up to the roots at all times they can grow their roots as deep into that bog as they want to and they find the sweet spot of that gradient and my only job is to keep the water level of a pond whatever whether it's in a tank or 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 in the ground whatever scale but that body of water that I have to maintain the water level of so long as I maintain that water level at a within a range which is far more um, intuitive and far more measurable and far more dummy proof than just oh does the plant look happy in that in that bed or in that container that's essentially dry that I have to add water to and it doesn't really have a wicking bed or sub irrigation or whatnot, and I'm not trying to have an irrigation system where I'm just pulsing water into it routinely. That's that's going to mostly evaporate. No, I've had the best results and the best buffering of these extreme temperatures um, throughout years of implementing chinampa since I learned about them over ten years ago. And implemented implemented them at all at, at, at various scales, 
the most ethical thing to do is for me personally, whenever and however possible, do this island gardening motif. That way, it's never a question of did they have all the water that they could ever want at all times because it's always all there because they are living in that edge. They are designing for themselves where they want to be in that edge. And of course, it's surprise, surprise. It's been studied. Sub-irrigation as a horticultural technique is what yields the most productive environments, human-engineered environments ever on earth to be ever designed the density of nutrient the density of growth the elegance of the ecology the economy of the ecology that's the way to do it and and i have been kind of compressed back to that and i'm I'm actually okay with that. I'm actually feeling good about that. And those trees that died, they died in the name of reminding me that that is really what I should be doing out here. And that's, and I just, I just need to budget the water to do that, knowing that, knowing that this is the trade off of talking about trading. This is the trade off. Yes, more water, more water will evaporate and therefore be lost. But don't be stingy about it because the the trade for that loss of water to evaporation is the guarantee that those partially submerged and optimally around-the-clock hydrated, able to respond dynamically to uh, to the patterns, shifting patterns of desiccation from the winds and shade and the sun angle and the and the heat, any of those things that I may not be perfectly adjusting as a gardener of dry land crops, all of that gets um, buffered in a, in a positive way for the plants by them being partially submerged in water at, to a degree that they're comfortable with. And that's when you see them maintaining that posture and that moisture level and that resilience and that robusticity at the highest temperatures and through the greatest storms and most desiccating winds. I know that. And I just said to myself, man, you know what's killing my better knowledge of that? It's this being jerked around by crypto and just being like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take anything off the table because the next one could be the next, <laughs> the next role could be the big one. You know, I'm just getting, feeling myself leaning into that mentality and getting sick of it. And so I said to myself, I need to be, I need to stop it. I need to quit that, get out of that mentality and square away funds so that I don't, so that I don't, I don't, and I don't want to wonder about it and I don't want to kick myself and go, oh yeah, right when I made a bigger trade, that's when the markets moved against me and everything skyrocketed. The thing is I got a, a couple of hedges against losing my mind and 
auto defenestrating, aka throwing myself out of a window because of making that trade. One, trading around a core position, I will always have at least half or if not more, which which I do have more than half of my, I have one strong hand and one weak hand, if you get that terminology. And in other words, I'm half bull, half bear. And in other words, I say to myself, as long as I prevent myself from touching one half of my stack of crypto assets and one half of it is walled off and vaulted away and exceedingly difficult for even me to access. So it's not just my willpower, but it's like hiding your cigarettes from yourself or hiding the vodka or <laughs> or whatever it is, hiding the keys so you don't go out and gamble, hiding the, 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 the pocketbook, whatever it is. The equivalent of that for me, I'm not a degenerate gambler. And I have say to myself, yeah, you know what? I've been in this trade. I've been in this trade for over five years now about, and I have been faithful to the community and I have been loyal to it. And I have not been dumping on dumber, less greater fools. I've been pacing myself. I have been the tortoise versus the hare. And that's done and I've done well with that. And I haven't always done I haven't always it hasn't always been flashy and fancy, but it has been the right thing to do for me. And then comes along these regulatory black swan events and as righteous as the tortoise was, now it comes and gets stomped on and crushed and bullied. In, in a witch hunt because there were, it turns out, a few a few hares disguised as tortoises or that in order to, yeah, basically like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, they said all participants in this race will be persecuted because of the few, because of the cheating, the few bad hairs that cheated, not just the ones who didn't cheat, but got complacent and lazy and, and all of the story of the tortoise and the hare, there were a few evil, malicious, bad faith, bad actor, black hat hairs that ruined it for everybody and made it so they just decided to shut the whole game down. So even the well-meaning, non-corrupt, non-criminal hares, they were the first to go, and now they're coming for the tortoises, and now they came for my tortoise, and now I've got to say, for my own sanity, for my own health, and for the health of my ecosystem that I'm responsible for, I just don't even want to think about it for a while. And that, that, that half of me with the strong hands is basically going into cryogenic sleep. 
and I'm burying it and I don't want to think about it I don't want to talk about it I want to barely know about it and only if and only if hopefully hopefully because I need the time off hopefully it is years from now I remember oh I dust it off and go hey you know what uh, be like one of those people who finds out I actually I actually have a lot more um, to work with than I than I, th- I thought but I was so busy since I turned my back on it for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons so busy actually building my own intrinsic value my own independent intrinsic wealth and value that's not subject to all of this bs i actually because i had to say to myself how many hours a week i mean they say this statement uh sell down to your sleep sleep level meaning like barbara friedberg says on money tree investing podcast basically paraphrasing if you need if you need money over the next few years and it's in the it's it's in your investment portfolio and not in your hands or in your bank just take it out secure it for your for your basic needs your living expenses don't and I'm I guess I'm paraphrasing an actual investment advisor <laughs> so don't shoot the messenger listen to their podcast listen to her and get it direct but my takeaway personally from that sentiment really is I always feel that sigh of relief when I take a a little bit of a bigger chunk off the table and go man I was really I was really out on a limb like Wiley like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner ending up way off the edge of that cliff and then you look down and you realize how far out you'd gone and that's how I feel right now. And I will say, yeah, it feels good to say to myself, as long as I don't fuck up my health, I'm going to be okay. And I can turn my back on this highly nerve-wracking, sleep-disrupting industry and actually peel away and disconnect a lot of these pipes to where I'm not spending however many hours a day or a week depending on the day but quite a lot of bandwidth quite a lot of of I mean yeah and I'll say I do enjoy it it's like to me it's like the Super Bowl that never ends I just keep it just keeps going it's very fascinating and I've learned a lot and it breaks my heart even to say that I unsubscribed from some of my favorite shows who I love the people now more than I care about what they're talking about. They could read the phone book. I just love them. I feel connected with them. I feel they're, they're righteous. But I have to say to myself, no, I've got to do me. I've got to focus on me and build my brand and not, not neglect and atrophy my... entrepreneurial spirit just because as as the securities regulators might say like if they came to me in a dream they would say to me you are 
atrophying in your entrepreneurial life. You are not standing up and rising up and building value for society to want to compensate you for the value that you're generating for them. You are subsisting based on the efforts of others in a collective enterprise. Shame on you. Even if we fail to prove that you are invested in unregistered securities, even if you could reasonably joke that our narrative is come on in and register your unregistered, unregisterable securities exchange, and that there's a whole circus mockery of everything going on right now, The fact is, for me personally, I got to live with myself and I got to say to myself, if I, if I can't talk about this anymore because it's too, it's not living up, it's not, it living up to its promises is not, unfortunately, it's not outpacing the bad actors and the regulators are kicking us while we're down and I... And I can't say they, they, I can't say it, we didn't see it coming. And I have to appreciate as a tactician that this is the best time for them to do it. And I'm going to make the best of it. So this is what I've done. And this is my big shift as I say to myself, okay, I'm unplugging from the charts. I'm unplugging from the apps. I'm unplugging from all the shows and all of the Twitters and all of the reddits and everything and I'm going to kind of try to pretend like it just doesn't exist so that if it goes down anymore it doesn't affect me because I will have forgotten about it and if it goes up and it proves out and it's and, 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 and over time I come back to it I will come back to it standing on my own feet the way that Peter Zion said that crypto needs to actually do for itself. I need to do that for myself. And so it pains me in a way to say that right when I was about to myself become a, a master of web development and programming of writing code in so-called web three, I'm going to have to stand down and resign from that lofty goal and, and fully fully uh, re-engage with Web 2.0 and basically rebuild everything that I had built on the rails of Web 2.0 that I had built with a previous brand, a previous personality brand that I that shall be unnamed though it's not hard to discover if you dare to look into it, but I disavow that and I say my best friend is statute of limitations and my best friend is that I ceased and desisted. I ceased and desisted, or however you would say it in that tense, before I was asked to or forced to, and the collision course with regulatory uh, issues that I was most certainly on in the sector of Operation Choke Point that I was operating in. While I was 
doing my best to do good due diligence, consult with a number of attorneys and how I conducted my business and whatnot, it was always on shaky ground because it was just in a sector that's always on shaky ground. So I was glad to, I was glad to be able to put that to rest and go into a metamorphosis to where I could really, from a state of hyper risk mitigation and disengagement from everything, say, how do I want to present myself to the world? And I started doing this in a very non-hyped, non-social media, non-web, a very web 1.0 way. And for now, however many months it's been that I've been doing this, it's been a web 1.0 kind of thing. One to many. Avoiding social media and avoiding a lot of platforms that can deplatform you on a whim and force you into a lot of nightmares and, and whatnot. But but there's trade-offs and there's rewards and risks and whatnot. But I've had to say to myself, yes, I'm capitulating and I'm taking a step backwards from Web 2, from Web 3 dreams to all the way back to Web 1. And now I'm... I'm 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 settling back into web 2 and that means yes as of today I launched a YouTube channel and I got back into that mode of just being on other being a digital sharecropper as some people would say and feeling a bit of my soul be stripped away in the sense that any time and effort and energy I put into this, it's probably not going to be, it's probably going to work out to be negative dollars per hour, not positive dollars per hour for the most part. And, and it can be rug pulled at any time. And so that is a sinking feeling. And that is not just a say that about any one platform so thank you very much youtube you were very kind to me and very forgiving of me in my former incarnation of a persona and i'm glad that you let me back in and hopefully we have nothing but wholesome uh uh negotiations and and, and partnerships fo moving forward because of my move in a more wholesome direction um but with that, with that disclaimer said, and with all due respect paid, the reality is, yeah, I, I enjoy building my own infrastructure now that I know how to do it. I was looking forward to building on less um, censorable infrastructure, i.e. Web3, but I got to take care of my plants. I got to take care of myself. I want to turn my back on, on this, this volatile market and I want to be on solid ground since I have land I got a few, very few but but a few bills to pay and I just want to I just want to keep what I have I'm very very happy and excited and thrilled about the life and the opportunities that I have even if it's a, a trickle of income a little bit goes a long way so yes oh you heard me say it I didn't even mean to arrive at it but yes I'm back on Patreon with this brand and I'm going to do my best to serve that community well and to 
it'll be easier to be compliant with that community. And I never had any problems there, which is great. And I only had maybe one one strike on a video. Well, I only had, YouTube only took down one video and, and I got the hint and I took down everything else that was questionable at that point and never had a problem again. And really there was no reason for me to to delete that 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 previous account. I just decided that I wanted a clean tabula rasa. So here I am starting over. But I'm starting over with a little bit of <laughs> if you if you if you peel back the onion you'll know what I mean when I say I invested in myself because I paid myself hush money. I'm not going to make any illusions about what that actually means, but if you know who I am and you know where I came from and you know what this is built on, you know what my my mild micro fortune success was built on, it was built on a on a on a tragic story that I barely survived but that luckily thanks to crypto I was able to moderate and mitigate my personal journey my personal crusade of justice and be able to just say you know what if I can pay myself hush money I don't need to go after hush money I will just hush that up and and take that hush money and build something so that I never have to look back. And there, that's what I'm doing now. That's where I am. So if you support me on Patreon or you follow, subscribe on YouTube, hopefully you will just know that I'm a a a, a, a I'm here trying to put things behind me and move on and live to fight another day and try to enjoy what's left of the life that I have and and do so in a way that is that is uh not so not so um vigorously rocking the boat you know I if, I will I will rock the boat cuz I that's my nature I'm a rebel at heart but I'm going to try to rock it by maybe dancing and not so much by trying to disrupt everything and, 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 and be a crusader, you know, be a, try to be a messiah or a crusader. Just let, let all that stuff fade with the fading of my 30s. And then now as I am arcing into my 40s, just not sell out, but mellow out because I have to in order to be healthy and it's better for anybody who knows me and it's just better in general. So I will be posting videos of coyotes and spiders and lizards and desert wildflowers and sunsets and things like that of that nature like Andy Dufresne and Sewa Taneho I don't think that's too much to ask and I'm going to live humbly and live simply so that others may simply live and I may express my opinions and do some tangents here with this show but I will also be applying that instead of writing smart contracts on platforms that are now being persecuted 
and bullied, I'm going to use those skills that I've cultivated to create games for people to have fun and for people to learn permaculture and learn a bit of uh, guerrilla gardening tactics and and peaceful par paramilitaristic uh, citizen emergency response citizen sort of private security if you will in the spirit of peace in the spirit of community resilience in the spirit of a the best that 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 can be um, developed out of the freedom and obligation we have to be to be militia people who are civilians not operating in uniform that that's what I'm exploring that's what I've been exploring with this with this concept this chapter of my life and yeah I'm not I don't feel bad that I had this episode to really say goodbye for now to my crypto enthusiasm and pivot back to who I used to be and just be way more down to earth and then know that uh, if I really treat my remaining stash of crypto like it's untouchable that means that all the pressure and it's all on me to try to make to try to make something out of this and because the core of this project is about me never leaving here that's the mission now is to just never leave so it's not threatening anyone it's not intimidating anyone it's not triggering anyone it's not raising eyebrows with with the, with the uh the three-letter agencies it's just living on my land greening the desert doing doing permaculture forest desert desert forest gardening for now by myself eventually maybe with a few friends adjacent as equal peers living separately with their own relationship with the state but us being able to share the abundance of of public land this ocean of public land all we need to do is capture rainwater and we will have lakes within this ocean of desert public land. And we'll be free from all of the toxins, all of the frequencies, all of the zombies, all of the diseases, all of the motor motorized traffic of things that can fall on us and smash into us and that we can smash into other people. <laughs> so all of that urbanized madness, bless everyone still engaged in it. I got out. I don't want to go back. I want to be surrounded by like-minded folks who want to be doing exactly 
not not exactly what I'm doing, but living by the same principles of moving towards zero waste, moving towards recycling all nutrients, moving towards water independence, food independence, energy independence, 100%. One day at a time, one fraction of a percent at a time. That's what I'm doing where I'm at. And I don't want to leave. And and it will be now... If I lock up the rest of my crypto and don't let it be a crutch, then that means I need to generate fresh income and I'm not about to go be a Walmart greeter to do it. So I've got to create value somehow from here and not just be a, a windbag making these episodes. I got to figure out how to create real value. And uh, I'm just going to start by doing what I was trained to do and what I've done for years which is SEO marketing for whatever that's worth in the new age of AI. Even if it just means figuring out ways to train AI on me so that it speaks favorably and doesn't hallucinate when it talks about me. (laughs) Better get ahead of that one. I'm going to try to do the right thing and be a good person and... Eventually, if I just do that, no matter what happens with crypto, if it goes down, I will be a better person. If it goes up, I will be a better person to meet that opportunity. But right now, I I, I have to admit, I'm um, eating my words and eating humble pie by by falling back into a web two paradigm, but I'm gonna see what I can come up with and hopefully without getting trolled into insanity, without without uh, setting off the tripwires of the Gen Z and millennial mobs to where they, they would just, Yeah, it's it's a, a lot of ways it's a scary place and and I've avoided it. I've really enjoyed this time off, this vacation. I don't want to have to be emotionally armored from all of the people who would want to be and and so yeah, I guess I will make a clear statement. I will be tactically and strategically inhibiting as many avenues of attack as possible, i.e comment sections and platforms that feed onto themselves of just (laughs) unwanted engagement. I'm going to try to create content and filter out the people. And so Patreon is great for that. It's a great way to know that the people who are your, who you are, who you are spending any time to consider are the people who are constructive in your life. So I really thank those founders of those types of platforms for being those angels to make that those that higher path even possible. 
because it's such a dumpster fire otherwise and and I'm not seduced by it because I don't I don't need the kicks and giggles of putting people down I'd rather raise people up but I want to do it in a way that doesn't get me kicked in the balls either so that's the that's the name of the game mission is to stay here and never leave that's going to take some help from the outside because crypto can't Crypto has to kick me out of the nest eventually before I before I eat my own nest egg. Got to make my way in the world and do that. Other people have to have a reason to give me a little bit of their money. And I've had fans before. I've sold more than my fair share worth of music, albums, and merchandise. And people have paid me handsome fees for all kinds of things. I have a decent resume on paper, but I'm not trying to go out and get a job, and I'm not trying to do work for hire. So I want to create materials that are engaging that people will like, and I want to create offerings that people want to will, will, will be nourished by and want to kick back to in a way that's very mutually beneficial. So that's a, that's a prayer, that's a promise, and wherever you are at in this uh, intersection of our paths, whether you have, whether you know me from before or you have been catching up on this new project that I've been doing now that you're hearing this on or whether you just bumped into this and this is the first thing you've heard. Um, thank you for being here. And I really have a lot of passion and freedom and love and energy and devotion that I want to share and I want to be a force of intelligence, a force of creativity, a force of of research and development really. I, I want to be a force of research and development so that anybody out there who cares about walking this path of getting closer to the earth, learning permaculture, learning how to secure your permaculture tactically and strategically and and finding their own way out of industrial slavery and being puppeteered by all things urban and all things civilized I'm certainly not 100% free but I'm a lot freer than I ever was and I learned a lot along the way and I can talk about that in these shows but what I really want to do as far as earning creating value and earning other people's small amounts of money in a non-pyramid scheme <laughs> manner is that I what like what I'm offering on the on the Patreon is is tiers that say by 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 putting some skin in the game and buying into this a little bit you you give me you become a part of this crowdsourced emergent property that gives me more security and more freedom to be less worried about how I'm going to pay bills 
and be free to focus on how I'm going to create more dense and rich value. And what I want to offer to people is for them to say, if you like, if you look at my work and you, you like what you've seen and you think it has potential, that if you help me continue to be free enough to do it and maintain my, and maybe even enhance my toolkit to do it, um, then things that you might want to see researched and developed that you may not have the time to do and you may not have the money to pay somebody outright to say build you this web application or do this research project if 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 ai doesn't hand it to you on a platter um and i can still help you in some way or even if it does it gives it to you with so much so many errors and so much fiction and so much hallucination that it's actually unusable and it takes more money and time to fix it and to and to audit it <laughs> than if you would have just done it yourself or hired someone else i think i can find a place somewhere in between where where if i if i if someone says to me hey ben i like what you're doing i actually would really i could really use a tool that's oh basically a web application that I can imagine, but I don't want to raise, I don't want to go on Shark Tank to raise venture funding to do it, but I know you're developing the skills to do it, and maybe you would want to do it, and you just hadn't thought of it, or maybe you had thought of it, but you thought no one else would care if you did it, so you just put it in the back burner. There's a whole list of things that I can do now that, I'm, that I've trained myself to do, that I love to do, and all it's going to take is for someone to just raise their hand and go, I could use that. And because my overhead is so low and my fixes, my expenses are so fixed, as long as I said, again, I'm cautious and careful and still frugal, I have a lot of scalability with the value I can create for people. And so I don't necessarily want to take on the, the liability and risk of directly consulting the way I used to in terms of helping people figure out solutions for their personal life. But if it's something like in in the in the lane of the kind of stuff I've been doing lately, which is really taking some some aspect of of training and education that 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 would have had to have involved just reading a book and trying to figure it out, piece it together by what's on the page of a book, for example, or what's coming at you from a, a, a dry erase board, I now have the skills to, to transform almost any form of, of education into, a, into computer science logic to where it can be learned in the form of a game. So I can, I, I'm, I'm becoming skillful at gamification of ed tech is what they call it and i'm doing that because to me i would rather than going through a book where i'm doing a bunch of exercises to teach me how to do these things to have these develop web development skills i'm actually doing it the way more fun and way more effective way even if it's not the most efficient way because it might take me longer because i might break my head on things because I'm biting off more than I can chew. But the fact is, when I arrive, the, the, the payoff, the dopamine hit of chasing down an objective on one of these t 
tech ed tech projects when I get there it's so rewarding and I will have suffered so much to get there it means a lot more than just doing an exercise out of a book from a class that it's not it doesn't matter that I make money or don't make money from it obviously that would be great if I if I you know those people that drop out of school and and they still learn the same things but they learned it because they learned it themselves and they they weren't doing it just to get a passing grade and to just go through the motions they weren't doing what every other student was doing the exact same homework the exact same project they said why am I paying to do this I could raise money and get paid to do this and instead of doing what everyone else does that has no value other than just to learn the material, I could get that value of learning the material, but do it in a way that's even more fun and more profitable and actually technically be getting paid to do it. So in a way, that's kind of what, like people say that about the, the dot-com bubble. It's like you can't fall into the lazy, intellectually lazy trap of laughing at the the, buff, the buffoonery that was some of the 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 most um, the, the, the most likely to fail or the least probable successes of the dot com bubble. It's easy to poke fun at them, but it's intellectually lazy and actually foolish not to acknowledge that it's from bubbles like that that ridiculous VC money is getting thrown into a new technology. That when years after the bubble bursts and the dust settles that the true winners prevail and those who were um, had their ear to the ground during those dark ages where everyone thought it was dead, the ones who did invest in the survivors, they're the billionaires now. And I'm not driven by that, but I have to acknowledge it. And I don't know if I'm going to be... You know, I don't know if, my, if 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 I chose the right winners, but I really to my I say to myself now, I'm like, I really think I chose wisely during the bubble, and that years later, when the true winners are finally known, I will be one of those people. I'm not saying that I know that for sure for certain that I would be a billionaire, but I know that I will be that that I, I know that I have a a very high chance of being being able to do a lot more of the good that I'm already doing and not have to worry about like not having health insurance doing it and not having enough water to make sure all my, all of my gardens are in are are in Chinampa lakes that I built <laughs> you know like that's the future that I'm trying to create and I know that the dot com bubble as much as people would laugh about it the intellectually honest thing to acknowledge and the financially wise thing to acknowledge for the people who had and did and 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 knew and, and stayed with it and picked the right winners because they were intelligent about it. They saw the nuance and they and they studied the nuance. Is the people who 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 say rightly so, and we have the hindsight to confirm it, is really that were it not for this this was the main point and this is exactly what is coming back to me about where this came from the most poignant example of this because anyone can say yeah the dot, dot bomb couple that <laughs> the dot com bubble had to happen for there to be the boom of 
of all of, of Web 2.0 of mobile devices and whatever we would call it now, of course, AI, but crypto AI, but basically really more than anything, high-speed internet, affordable at scale across the world, smartphones running on that network that none of that that we take for granted now that would not have occurred that would not have been possible if it wasn't for that hyper concentration of capital into that dot-com bubble because everybody who was believing that the bubble was going to last forever and because the music was playing they had to dance they had to they had to build the capacity of the infrastructure to sustain the growth of that bubble and when that bubble burst what do we end up with it may not this may not match up exactly on the same perfectly on the exact timeline so i'm i'm exaggerating slightly for effect but you will get the point and the point is sound even if the technology um uh Venn diagram is 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 a little bit is a little bit looser than the way I'm portraying it, but the f- point being is that all of these fiber optic cables spanning all the way all across the globe. I'm not a hundred percent a fan of it, but I can't be a hypocrite and say that I'm not benefiting from it. So yes, I would like it to be greener. I'd like it to be more secure and less subject to. Uh, sabotage and geopolitical fuckery and whatnot but the fact is it's there I'm benefiting from it if used wisely it can be used to do more harm more good than harm on the planet let's hope let's be a part of that solution but it is critical to acknowledge and I'm going to end on this point that you don't have the I'm trying to think of the most uh, affectionate term you don't have the platform of of quality of life that you take for granted without the financial market bubbles in new emerging technologies that came before that had to rise and fall and make winners and losers and have some people go broke and some people make it rich. That process is something I'm learning to live with, something I'm learning to more wisely engage with and not get wrecked by, not have my lunch be eaten, and for my quality of life to increase, for me to be able to share that and also share the wisdom of that, which a lot of great, there's a lot of great winners who kick back and share their wisdom. That's how I know what I know and what I'm sharing. And hopefully I'm doing a good job and a good service to them by sharing it in, in his, uh, with as much fidelity to, 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 to their sentiments as I can. But I think it is safe to say it's not going anywhere, these market cycles. And it's never going to be a perfect world where nobody ever loses, no one ever gets burned. But I think it is wise and, and, and sensible and prudent to say it's, it, it's not pure evil. The more good we 
as good people bring to it, the more good will come out of it. But it is a force of nature that now unleashed is not going to go back and the genie's not going to go back and we just have to make the best of it. These cycles of speculation, these bubbles. And we have to also acknowledge that as the memory fades and the acute pain wears off, what you end up with, I'm not trying to be a technophile or a futurist, but I will say that from a a technology-neutral perspective, which I don't tend to have as more of a Luddite, but as a realist, I will say that whether, yeah, love it, love it or hate it, the, love it or hate it, the trend is sometime in some number of months or years, I don't think often decades anymore, after the bubble, you discover that the signal-to-noise ratio finally favors out to the signal and then that signal gets really loud and the people who invested in that and stayed invested in that get really wealthy. I'm not saying I know who those winners are going to be from this bubble and certainly the bubble within a bubble that is crypto. I don't even know if the world will exist. Feels like the world is ending and uh, and that's the the, the world the end of the world bubble is one of those uh, apocalyptic bubbles, the uh, eschatological bubble. Certainly there have been many of those. The, the, the 2000 millennium eschatological bubble, right? Who knows when the next one is going to be of that? It seems like they're going to have to adjust what, what the millennium is in order, to, for, in order for these scales to, to make any sense. I think we're in a, an election cycle apocalyptic millennium bubble. So who knows what can happen? To wrap it up, that is the point. Let's make... Let's... <laughs> let's make frothy, bubbly lemonade with our lemon bubbles and try to live life and not be over-consumed with these forces that are beyond our control. And nothing could say that better than permaculture forest gardening where you are playing an active role and where if you succeed you succeed wildly and if you fail hopefully there's some forgiveness and you are able to check yourself and there's a feedback loop where you can correct your mistakes before you do what I did and kill two of your beloved trees way before their time and have to live with that so that's a small, hard lesson in my bonsai food forest, but it is one that I will never forget. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm gonna to continue to trade around a core position and just get back down to the earth, take my hard lessons. Now that I now that now that this now that I got back to the land, I want to stay back to the land. 
And I thank you for being a part of that and for, for bearing with this extended financial emotional breakdown. <laughs> All right, cheers. Oh,